Shut up and sit down. Welcome to the new Utah podcast. Coming to you live at this moment. Coming to you live from my home office, uh, the beautiful Kearns, Utah. K Town. Or West Stabbington, as it's known by the locals. <laughs> May not be able to afford a gun, but you can always get a steak knife. That's right. And speaking <laughs> of knives, we have more on that coming up later tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, again, our, our illustrious co-host and uh, operator of computer and noisemaker, Josh he Butterfield. He has one job. Yeah, his and one he job. He not right, even do that. His one job this week is to continue his vacation in Europe and have a fantastic time. So We miss Josh. Um, he should be back next week, though. Eh, Maybe. I don't know about the missing Josh part. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is episode five of the new Utah podcast, and uh, we've got some fun stuff to talk about this week. Let's um, introduce ourselves. Let's introduce ourselves. I guess we should. Jeremy, why don't you start? Well, our two listeners who know where we are, or who we are, but every once in a while somebody new might pop up, we want them to know who we are. So I'm Jeremy, um, transplant to Utah, love this crazy state and all the crazy things in it. Back to you, Chris. I'm Chris. I am your lovely podcast host. Uh, I am a small business owner in the state of Utah. I've been all over the country, and I love Utah. And I hate the 4th of July. I will tell you more about that later. <laughs> but for now, <laughs> we have Jessica. I'm Jessica, and I love the 4th of July. I love all of July, actually. I just hate the summer. <laughs> How do you love July and hate the summer? Uh, fireworks, parades of my birthday. My birthday's in July, too. <laughs> I love my birthday. I hate the 4th of July. For those of you that don't know, which is probably all three listeners that we have at this point, um, one of the things my small business does is we actually work with a fireworks company called Phantom Fireworks. You may have heard from, from them, of them, from them, about them. If you live in the state of Utah, go visit one of their tents. They're all running the software that my company runs, which means the 4th of July is quite possibly the worst... <laughs> month leading into of my life. I spend about 16 to 18 hours a day working and barely have time to eat. And I work from home. So, uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the 4th of July anymore. Um, but I do love fireworks. Uh, my birthday is in July. So uh, we need to have a party is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'm going on vacation in a month, so that should be nice. It'll be okay. <laughs> we'll miss you. So for those of you just tuning in for the first time, uh, this is a podcast all about the state of Utah, uh, about our quirky little laws, the good, the, the bad, bad, the cultish, the ugly, the cultish. and everything in between. The cultish. <laughs> Sounds we, like a band. We like to uh, look at local <laughs> businesses. <laughs> the cultish. I know the cults a band. It's kind of like the but cure. Is the cultish a band? I don't know. It's a good band. I love the cult, by the way. It's a good band name, but it would be kind of tough for people to figure out how to spell it and cult-ish. get to the website. I mean, we could look it up on MySpace Music. It might exist already. There might be a cultish. I know that's the cult. <laughs> I love the cult. It's a great band. So great then band. there's My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult, which is something a little bit different, but... That's My Life with also, the Thrill Kill Cult-ish. Ah, that's where the ish comes in. Uh, We do like to talk about a few different things. We talk about local businesses in a section on Kickstarter. Uh, We also talk about local news, and occasionally we'll do an interview. Uh, We will not be doing that part this week, but that's okay. Due to Uh, the holidays, the hustle and the bustle. The fireworks, the no time for poor Chris, the Josh being out. It's all a calamity, but we're still bringing you quality content. The firework restriction zones. That's coming. That's coming. All coming. So Stay let's, tuned. Let's start with Kickstarter. Um, we're going to do two today. Uh, we're going to do two today because I stumbled upon one that I'm sure I already have an email or a text about at some point, and I just kind of ignored it. Um, the first one that we're going to do is uh, Joel Pack's Ballads album. Joel Pack is a local Utah recording artist who previously was signed under Warner... Uh, with his band Broke. Um, 
He uh, does a lot of solo work. He owns a recording studio in Salt Lake called Rigby Roads Recording Studio. Does a lot of recording for local Utah artists. Utah, for those of you that, that aren't real familiar with the state, has an amazing u- music scene. A lot of great artists come out of the state of Utah. Like the used, uh, <laughs> Donnie and Marie Osmond, if you're over the age of 60 and uh, don't stay current. Uh, <laughs> let's say the Dancing with the Stars girl what? and brother. They're yeah, they have a show in Vegas, uh, right? Um, uh, uh, but the used uh, Neon Trees came out of Utah. Imagine Dragons came out of Utah. Crazy Eights, awesome band from the 90s. Uh, Agnes Poetry. Sure. Again, let's yeah. date her. <laughs> well, All some right. of us in this room are tad old. Some of us have That's more true. rings than others. Those of us who uh, used to go to the Dead Goat Saloon. Oh, Dead Goat Saloon. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Joel's just another one of our great artists. Um, he works with a lot of those guys, actually. Um, but he's been uh, producing music for I don't even know how long, longer than I've known Joel. Uh, and he has a Kickstarter up now, uh, really just to, to help him pay for a couple of things. So, of course, he has his own recording studio. Um, he's written uh, all of its original material. Uh, and he needs to pay a professional cellist uh, that he's having doing the background. And he wants to send this thing out to get it professionally mastered uh, and some, some copies produced, physical copies produced for distribution. Uh, so he has uh, put up a Kickstarter, just a real quick, nice little quirky video of, of Joel uh, doing different things. It's really kind of amusing. It's um, fun. doesn't so have a lot to do with the song. I might add, we've never done music before. We usually stay away from this, but because he's local and he's a nice guy. And I'll play uh, one of his songs as uh, we leave the program today so you can kind of get a taste of what, uh, what he's produced uh, in the past. Um, very good stuff. So, just a couple of pledge levels. There's not a dollar level backing, as we always say. Yeah. If you don't put a dollar, you're really just shooting yourself in the foot. You know, with something like this, a dollar pledge level uh, probably would be great a for idea. a digital song, for one copy of a song digitally. Um, that would be a great reward, or even just a dollar. But it's $10 for a physical CD. Um, he's got a couple others. You know, he's got a, a acoustic cover capability for $250, where you get uh, an acoustic cover recording for of a song of your bucks, a live living room performance yeah he'll come to your house and perform for you uh it would actually be really cool uh he's a really good performer kids uh, birthday amazing. parties bar mitzvahs he's actually sang the national anthem at rio tinto for real game yeah too, he has done that he has sang for real um so anyway some really cool stuff uh, also the ability to do uh uh, professional so, recording at Rigby Roads. How much so. is he asking for? How much has he made so far? And what is the projection? So he's asking for 2000 so not a lot. Uh, he's got 21 days to go, or really at this point about 14 days to go. Um, he's at $668, and uh, Kick Track shows him right on target to, to be just above his goal, uh, right around $2,300. Uh, and as you kind of look at the, the trending... Uh, it looks like it's it's pretty steady. Um, he's he's getting uh, it looks like they're organic. Ago, so. Yeah, so very very organic for a Kickstarter. So. That's always good. And I'm saying the average pledge is seventy four bucks. So he's got some big backers so. in there because my guess is most is going to be ten to twenty five range. And and let's be honest, most Kickstarters like this, it's it's mom and dad, uncles and aunts who are supporting it. Well, and he's got a big fan base locally, so I don't think that he's going to have a problem hitting that goal, but uh, certainly if you want to buy a new album uh, and you want to support a local artist, this is a great way to do it for a very cheap price. Yeah. Does he have a Twitter, Facebook, anything that people yes. can link to? Yeah, all of the above. They're all linked on the uh, the Kickstarter. Uh, RigbyRoadStudios.com That's R-I-G-B-Y RoadStudios.com we, we can always put it in the show's description. Yeah, so that's probably the best place to go. Uh, and if you are a local recording artist uh, or, right. or a local artist, he does do professional recording. He has a professional recording studio. That's his lifeblood. That's how he helps support his family. So Yeah, he helps produce music for lots of other people. Yeah. So let's move on. Uh, we are now going to look at another local <laughs> Utah Kickstarter that's got just under 14 days to go. Speaking I think 13. of knives... Stab, stab, stab. <laughs> we have the Minimalist <laughs> Survival Wallet. 
fire everywhere you go. Ah, so I gotta say, when you when when we pulled this up and we're looking at it, my first reaction, as is the reaction to most of these things, was to laugh. However, after looking at it a little closer, I will admit this thing is actually kind of cool. Uh, it's amazing. So one thing I will say, I've seen so many freaking stupid wallets on Kickstarter. I'm not a minimalist wallet guy. I'm not a big fan of them. It's a pain in the butt to sort well, through a bunch right. of cards. And so that's what, what the, when, we, when we first saw it, we're like, oh, another another wallet. wallet. But these guys have already met their goal. <laughs> so, you know, when we record this, if we take off the curtains and the blinders, uh, we're recording this a week prior to it releasing, and uh, they have about three weeks to go. They've already hit their goal of $1,000. They've actually tripled it at this point. They're at three grand. Um, and, and according to KickTrack, they're actually on track to do just under $8,000, which is almost 800% of their goal, uh, which is really fantastic. It's very organic, um, although it seems like they started pretty close to 1000 uh, So they probably got some backing real early um which is typical with, with kickstarter right, right up front if if you're wise with your kickstarter you've been telling people about it you've been letting them know the release date it comes out you get a big push right up front then it tends to level out sometimes even drop a little and then the last three or four days is when you get your last big kick typically with kickstarter and, and those early pushes do a lot to get you positioned on the kickstarter pages right. better when you fund early and you have a lot of time to go, people are more likely to back your product if you funded two weeks in um, than they are if right. you're almost funded well, and, then and you have three days to go. It also affects your placement on Kickstarter. So when you go to the Kickstarter, the main um, page, page for Kickstarter, these, these, these types of projects yeah. that trend up really well that are doing extremely well go to the top and get front page and if you get And if you get one of the Kickstarter editor's picks... That puts you right on the front page, typically for a day or two, and that's huge for Kickstarter. So, right away, looking at this thing, the video's great. The video is is just showing how the thing works. Which, I gotta say, for Kickstarter, good for them, because how many Kickstarters do we watch a really cool movie, and at the end, it's like, what the hell is this? Exactly. That's exactly. an awesome video of a monkey and a firefighter, and, and <laughs> but what the hell is your project? So... I will say, I thought this wallet was stupid. I actually think it's kind of cool after watching the video. So it's this little, it's like a canvas material wallet of some sort. It's got a little stupid ripcord at the end of it. And I'm thinking, what the hell is that for? Because everything slides down on the top. And then it's got your typical... It's got your little credit, credit card, card knife. knife. Your Stabby McStabberson knife. What the hell are you... What good is that for? So the video, Stabby. he pulls Stab out the well, credit yeah. card knife, turns it into a knife cuts off the stupid little dongle hanging on the end. Turns out the inside of that has uh, a kindling twine, a fire starter twine, and the little knob is actually a piece of flint. So it's a little flint and steel. Start yourself a fire. So it is a survivalist wallet, essentially. Hopefully you don't have to cut your arm off with it. But yeah. it is very cool for starting a fire. It, I mean, it looks really cool. What are the chances that I'm going to have this on me when I'm out hiking in the wilderness and there's some place to start a fire in the state of Utah? Probably not going to happen. I don't know that I would bring this with me, but it is pretty <laughs> cool. They do have a $1 pledge level. Uh, yeah, you know, well, see, look at this. They have a $1 pledge level and they've already met their goal. What did I tell you? It makes a big difference. Another thing that we see on here, they've backed four other projects. So they've done all the things, and I mean, not that we know everything, but we're just talking about the trends. Other things that they have, they've backed, they, it helps. It helps. If you come into to Kickstarter and you're not part of the community, it's very difficult so, to succeed. Here's something that's uh, interesting. Remember how I talked about uh, just back a bunch of projects before you start? That seems to be what they've done. They have backed a project that ended on May 30th, another one that ended on May 30th, another one that ended on May 29th, and a fourth one that ended on May 30th. So they probably were smart, and right before they went on, they backed some stuff. It's a formula that works, though. Yeah, and you don't, again, you don't have to back it for more than a dollar most of the time. They find stuff they like, they back it, and now they have, you know, essentially look like they're part of the community. Pledge levels are pretty pretty small. Uh, Their stretch goals are, are, are simple but easy. So for their three thousand, which they've already which they've already passed, you get an option for orange. 
And then they have other ones that are all just colors, essentially, for the webbing of, of the of the design. So They have a, a basic uh, set of instructions. They show how they make it, what it's made of, and how it works, which, once again, so many Kickstarters don't explain just the basics. That's all you need to do. Tell people what it is and how it works. So they have a realistic timeline. They, they show the Kickstarter launch uh, all the way through production and shipping. Um, their production timeline's pretty quick. That tells me hopefully they already have that stuff lined up. Yeah. And they just need to get final proofs and, and payment out Which to their manufacturer. They already have, obviously have prototypes, so they, it looks like they're lined up for however many orders. Because if they're going to ship October 1st, just in time for Christmas... Uh, yeah, they've already got to have their homework done, and they've already got to have things lined up, which it looks like they do. So, for your minimalist friends, for your uh, crazy doomsday preppers, your survivalist friends, point them here to the minimalist survival wallet. Or buy three. Give them out as Christmas presents. That is a fantastic idea. I now know what I'm giving Jeremy for Christmas. <laughs> Scotty McStaverson. <laughs> All right. So that's enough Kickstarter for today. That's uh, a little bit longer than normal, but that's okay, because uh, we're not doing an interview. We're going to talk now mostly about uh, local Utah news. Coming um, to you live. This just in. Did we skip events? We skipped yes. events. Not we're not going to talk about news right now. Not, not, not in now. <laughs> I don't want to skip events, because this no. week, even though I hate it, it's, you know, the 4th of, of July. you got to love the 4th of July. The 4th of July is here, and Utah, Salt Lake City, and the surrounding areas, uh, boy, nothing else is going on but the 4th of July. 4th of July is big here, though. Well, let's talk about the 4th of July in Utah, and how it's not really celebrated on the 4th of July, except for in a couple of cities. I'm pretty sure around the country, it Unless is celebrated. Unless lucky enough to live on a Saturday. But it's on a Monday. Yeah. There's right. no reason it can't be celebrated on Monday. I get it not being celebrated on Sunday. That's fine. But um, there are events <laughs> all over the state that are on the 1st and the 2nd. Obviously not the 3rd, but on the 4th. Because here in Utah... Sorry, that was my little... If rant. Halloween is on a Sunday, guys, in the state of Utah, if the 4th of July is on a Sunday mm-hmm. in the state of Utah, events aren't attended... Kids don't trick or treat. Sixty percent no of the state doesn't up. participate. But what that means for me is, I get two Halloweens, I get two Fourth of Julys, I get double the pleasure because I go out both times. <laughs> <laughs> so Jess, why don't you tell us about uh, doubling Jeremy's pleasure this weekend uh, with the Fourth of July stuff? Lots going on, and you are the master of events. You are a specialist. <laughs> as it the seems. mistress of the uh, event mistress. You have a new title now. Perfect. Uh, probably the biggest event that happens in Utah on the 4th of July is the Freedom Festival down in Provo. Uh, this year the parade route is changing just slightly. Instead of going on Center Street, they're going to divert a little bit and go down to 2nd South. Uh, and over a couple blocks, it'll still be down University. It'll still go East. Um, starts at 9 o'clock. If you're camping out, make sure you're hydrated because it's probably going to be hot as hell. Um, yes, we, I think we're supposed to be close to the hundreds. So uh, I'm yeah. sure we'll be triple and that's hundreds. Yeah, and that's even into the nighttime. It's super fun, though. If you've never done it before and you're local, I suggest doing it at least once. It's such a cool environment, even down in Provo. <laughs> um, I've done it myself three or four times just by myself. Um yeah, it's super fun. So the Freedom Festival also has a big uh, city event that happens on the 4th, just a festival, food, vendors, crafts, arts and crafts, performers after the parade. It's fun for the whole family. Totally fun for the whole family. Um, another big event that happens is uh, at Sugar House Park, which is an arts festival. They have a huge pet parade. Um, they also have a big fireworks show. There hasn't been any issue this year with funding uh, in the past. <laughs> in the well, past, it's been really hard to get this fireworks show funded, and it's such well, it a was, great place to have fireworks. So. It was funded by the city for a long time. It was. And they no longer do that. It had to turn to private funding, and it Correct. was going to disappear. And so they've started a nonprofit, I think, to do most of the funding. And so they do yeah. fundraising for it, and 
It's a huge fireworks display. If you've never gone to the Sugar House Park for the 4th of July... It's one of the biggest. Yeah, it's one of the biggest. It's a fantastic park. Lots of grass, lots of green space to hang out on. I recommend going at least once to that display. Um, they typically have, and I don't know if they do this year, but typically they have bands, they yeah, have food, food vendors. They have, I mean, it's yeah, a whole it's, day. It's a huge bands. festival. Yep. Um, some of the other things, Liberty Days, 2nd through the 4th, that's up at, this is the Play State Park across from the zoo. Um, there's fireworks at the Jordan Park. Um, Sandy has their own celebration, the Centerville Parade. Um, they also do fireworks. Um, if you want to go a little bit more north, Logan has a celebration. Um, tickets go on sale on the 1st. I was um, there the, uh, the parachute, or this parachute didn't quite open. And oh. It was ugly. All right. <laughs> Way to turn excitement <laughs> into death. <laughs> um, Riverton also has a celebration. They have a parade on the 1st, as well as fireworks. Um, Murray is like Sugar House. They have a big festival Yeah, Murray Park's day. really fun. Um, there's a lot of events that happen throughout the whole entire weekend. They're not all on the 4th. Um, there's also a Bees game on the 2nd that will have fireworks. The West Jordan Stampede goes the 1st, 2nd, and 4th. Uh, you said that the Real game will be happening. Oh, yeah, Real yeah the Real game is on Friday this week uh, on July 1st. Uh, the kickoff time is a little bit later. This is actually the first year, and as long as I can remember, they haven't actually played on July 4th. Uh, they almost always get a fireworks game on July 4th, but it's on July 1st. My guess is tickets are sold out. Uh, there might be some standing room tickets still available. Those tend to sell out really fast, though, for the fireworks games. Um, but the cool thing is you don't have to be in the stadium to see the fireworks. They actually have... At Rio Tinto, part of the six weeks they took off to redo the uh, the turf to put in a new surface for the field, they also finished the front of the stadium. So if you haven't been down there for a while, it's really cool. There's turf. They finally gave up on trying to plant grass in that hugely high traffic area. <laughs> it's beautiful turf. They have a beautiful pavilion. Lots of fun activities for kids before the game. You don't even have to have a ticket to participate. And then it's a great place to sit and watch the fireworks. They actually go off the north side of the stadium is where they light them from. Uh, so you get a great view of the fireworks that's not interrupted by the stadium. So it's another place that you can go and, or you and see fireworks. you could just pull off on the side of the freeway. Well, one, you know, yeah. one of the cool things about the Salt Lake Valley, for those of you who have never been here, we're surrounded by mountains. So... You can kind of go up into the foothills and see all of the fireworks. All the displays, yeah. Actually, I like to go sit on my roof um, on July 3rd, July 4th, whenever the fireworks displays are going, because I get a really good view. I'm kind of up on a hill here, uh, and so I get a really good view of the entire valley. And you can, I mean, with all of these different venues doing fireworks, you can spend three or four evenings sitting out. I forgot the stadium of fire, you guys. Uh, how could you forget that? Who's going to be there this well, year? Stadium oh, I don't care then. Yeah, uh, that's on the second. Uh, they are still not the selling. Osmonds. No, they're still What's selling that? tickets. Curly <laughs> white. Tea? Of course they are because it's Tim McGraw. Uh, there's a big country following here, so that's true. They'll sell out. One of the well, they'll sell out. The stadium of fire always sells out. Yeah, one of the great... in our house we have the sidewalk of fire, by the way, which is kind of like the stadium of fire, just a slightly smaller scale. <laughs> Okay, what yeah. what musical artist do you have come play at that? Oh, Nirvana. Oh, okay. I should be there. <laughs> uh, Thanksgiving Point, uh, I just want to mention, has amazing fireworks. You don't have to be on the property. I actually highly suggest you don't go on the property and they'll sit sh- across. Shoot you. Well, sit across the freeway. There's a great frontage road. You can actually go up into Traverse Mountain um, and sit in some of those uh, neighborhoods. Make sure you're respectful <laughs> of the homes. Um, the, well, Jess still, told us we could sit in your neighborhood. Yes, I did. She uh, said I could park my, my car on your lawn. I sent you. Um, if you want a little bit more information, one of the most cohesive, up-to-date sites, because a lot are old events, uh, is Salt Lake City kidsoutandabout.com and that had all of the city listings for this weekend. Yeah, like I said, I, I like to sit on my roof and, and it's not, I mean, I do get to see the city displays and they're cool from a distance, but really, I live in Kearns and people up here like to spend money on fireworks. So you have a show. And with aerials being legal in the state of Utah, basically from the day you can start shooting them off until the day you can stop shooting them off, 
I have fireworks displays every night in my neighborhood. And before and after. Yeah. <laughs> Until about, oh, you know, one in the morning or so is when they finally stop. Uh, so it's, it's actually real easy for me to go sit on my roof and see tons and tons of fireworks. So, Along with fireworks, let's talk real briefly about the fireworks restriction. Yeah. Speaking of rednecks lighting off fireworks. That's right, um, folks. So as it stands right now... Um, most of the valley's good uh, for fireworks. Probably your best resource. Uh, Unified Fire Authority puts out some really good interactive maps. If you just go to unifiedfire.org, um, you can look at their interactive fire maps. The restrictions are essentially most of the public parks. Uh, you can't light off fireworks there, and none of the uh, none of the forest area, none Not of the airport for stuff. obvious reasons. Yeah, you can't go out into the salt <laughs> flats. You can't go up into uh, you know, up by uh, what is it, Williams Camp Williams? Yeah, and um, and a reminder, it's a hundred freaking degrees here, so everything is dead. Yeah, it's all really dry. Uh, if you are going to light off fireworks, please be responsible. Don't Have water. Be a douche. You know, don't do dumb things. Um, can I also bring up something else? <laughs> of course, you can. No, this is actually very serious. Um, this time of year is a very tough time for veterans that suffer from PTSD. I can imagine. Um, get to know your neighbors. Get to know your family members. Um, it really, really affects them. Um, I do have a friend that uh, this time of year is the worst for him. And he'll stay indoors. He doesn't go to any of the events. Um, but just, just be mindful of the people that you're around because um, it's real. It's very real. And be mindful of your pets. Pets, Don't yes. put your dogs outside. It freaks them out. I don't care how brave your dog is, it freaks them out. Shit flies in your yard. My neighbors lit my backyard on fire a couple years ago. <laughs> Keep your pets indoors. Make sure they're safe. You know, if you need to, if you kennel your dogs, you probably should kennel them. Put them somewhere safe. Um, but be mindful of that stuff. Mind of your children, too. Yeah, and not to compare dogs to veterans, because that's, that's not the intent there. But I, did, <laughs> but I did mean to compare children to dogs, because you should be mindful of your children and make sure that they are not in harm's way of fireworks, because they, too, can get scared and in trouble. And I tried harmed. to light my parents' porch on fire with sparklers one year. See? It's true. <laughs> you remember those and black, that was only a couple of years ago, those right? Those black worm <laughs> things. You'd, light, you'd yes. light those black worm things and they'd go... I hate those things. They're so stupid. And then they'd like stain the sidewalk. Sidewalk of fire! For like a week. <laughs> they'd be stained. Now we know what Jeremy's fireworks display looks like at home. Black snakes. Uh, okay, now now should we get back to the news? Yeah, let's talk about news since uh, we are talking about how dry the state of Utah is, especially you know mid you know mid summertime here. I guess it's really technically only the really, start of the summer, the beginning of summer. But really, truly. for for Utah, the summer season is essentially June through August and right. fall so starts we're around. In the, we're in the middle of it. We're in the heat of it. Um, Utah. Uh, a report came out uh, just a few days ago on the twelfth uh, of June, I believe. Um, more than half of Utah's lakes and nearly half of its streams don't meet federal water quality standards. Who decides that anyways? Uh, so the federal government sets standards. Um, they do this because otherwise things like the Industrial Revolution and the giant lakes that were polluted to the point where <laughs> red algae was growing on them and you couldn't see the water happen. Uh, so now there are federal regulations and guidelines for safety of water um, Utah's not doing real well. Um, there's places like Utah Lake. Uh, Utah Lake has a very concerning uh, harmful algal bloom, algae blooms. I can't even talk tonight. Algae bloom. Which, um, by the way, for those of you who don't know, Utah Lake is a big recreational lake here in Utah. It's also a big disgusting lake here it in the state of gross. Utah. Um, and, and it's gross really because... Uh, there used to be a lot of dumping that right. went on, and that's kind of been cleaned up, but now these, these algae blooms... Well, with the heat, that's part of it. It the, creates the, the, the massive algae growth, and, and a lake like Utah Lake, it doesn't, correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't have an outlet. Yeah, it doesn't really have much of an outlet. And the, the big problem is this. When those blooms die, if there's too many of them, they deprive the water of oxygen. That kills off all of your fish and destroys the ecosystem. And in 2014, it killed a dog. Yeah, yeah. 
He just was <laughs> playing in the water for maybe 45 minutes and uh, died about an hour later. It was... Uh, yeah. So that's the concern. So, uh, so that thing. being said, if it's going to kill a dog, what is that going to start start doing to people? Don't swallow the water. Yeah. yeah, don't swallow the water if you can avoid it. The canary um, in the coal mine is going to be a fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When the fish die, you know something's wrong. Um, and some of the some of the lakes and streams, um, different things weren't really checked. Um, but there was a big uh, spill from the Gold King mine down in in uh, I think southwestern Colorado mm-hmm. uh, this last year that dumped three million gallons of acidic mine waste cool. uh, into the San Juan River and a bunch of other tributaries like uh, the Colorado River. Um, so it's all through the states of Colorado, New Mexico, and Utah. Um, that can never be good. Yeah, lots of heavy metals. Aluminum, copper, lead, zinc. Um, so very, very, very problematic, especially down in southern Utah. So the whole point is, what can we do? Just be careful. If you're if you're out there enjoying... Don't drink the water. Yeah, yeah, that's basically it. Maybe you need that water purifier we talked about a few weeks ago, that Kickstarter where they're... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> where they're drinking out of the Ganges River, and maybe you need one of those here in Utah. Yeah, and, and just, you know, if you're going to be out playing in a lake or a stream, just, just go look for the water quality report just to be aware of, of what you're getting into. And that comes... By the way, from the Utah Division of Water Quality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Utah, one of the things we're famous for is our national parks. Which uh, we have one of the greatest collection of national parks in the United States. And they're amazing. And if you live in the state of Utah and you have not gone to visit some of these national parks, shame on you. Mm-hmm. We have everything from forest to the beautiful arches. Uh, Bryce Canyon is just amazing. gorgeous. Zion's National Valley. Park. Valley. Yeah, there's a bunch of state parks, too, not just the yeah. national parks. Um, but we had, uh, some time ago, uh, what, back in 2014, I think. 2014. Uh, a nice young artist girl. <laughs> this this young lady, <laughs> about the age of 23, uh, for a few months decided to travel and visit a whole bunch of national parks and leave some artwork behind. Um, she just uh, ended up pleading guilty uh, in federal court out in California she visited seven national parks and defaced them. Oh, and she recorded it, though. Yeah. Instagram, yes. Tumblr. Stuck that stuff right up on social media. So that's, here's a tip, guys. That's what you do. That's You rob a bank, you put it if on you YouTube. got to break the law, <laughs> just go ahead and share that out with the world on a public social media service. Because, you know, public, social, and media. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, some of the sites, Crater Lake, Death Valley... Um, that she defaced still haven't been cleaned up, and the cleanup process itself, uh, the cleanup process itself, it can actually do more harm to the rocks well, than the defacing. You can't just go out there and sandblast it off. It's like restoring the old art in places like Italy. I mean, you're painstakingly taking this off. And this, so, so let, let, let me ask you too. Um, she got two years of probation and two hundred hours of community service for defacing seven national parks with graffiti. Too little, too much. Too little in my opinion. For sure. No jail time, yeah. which is amazing to me. No jail time and at no all. No fine. I absolutely no think fine. she should have had jail no time. Fine. According she to this, restitution. two yeah. years probation, 200 hours of community service. I'm sure there was some restitution, but I Probably. doubt it. it's going to make up for the cost of, of replacing well, and, and repairing the The spot. man hours alone. And, yeah. and uh, some of these rock formations, 10 million years old. How do you? How yeah, do you? you can't, well, last you year can't. we had the the was it a kid that knocked over one of the? Oh yeah, yeah. And the, they recorded the it once well, again and, and put it on social. A Boy Scout media. troop kid, right? Yeah. yeah. So don't screw with nature. Don't mess up our national parks. They're there for us to enjoy. Uh, they're not the guys that tried to take the buffalo home a few weeks yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't do that kind of crap. They it's, put the buffalo in the back of the car. Some yeah. of the last few places on earth that are, are left for us to, to enjoy in their natural form. Um, speaking of national parks and federal land and how we huh. all use it, uh, Utah has had an ongoing battle for several years now. There is a ski resort in Utah, Alta Ski Resort, um, it is one of the last ski resorts in the country that still bans snowboarders. I'm okay. I'm really okay with that. Like it's one place. How many other amazing places do we have that 
that snowboarders can go in Utah. Well, so the argument from the snowboarders is this, that it's discriminatory, and it you would say Alta is a private company, and the discriminatory matter doesn't is matter. It snowboardism. Well, snowboardism. Yeah. But Alta is the color of your wood. Alta is primarily, in fact, I think almost all of its slopes are actually leased public land. Hmm. So the BLM has leased that land to Alta to use for ski resort slopes, and that's kind of the argument that the snowboarders are making: is hey, this is public land. They should well, not be able to keep us off of it. So why don't they do like the other ski resorts do, and they have a section for snowboarders, and they have a section for skiers? Uh, most ski resorts don't do that anymore, actually. They don't segregate? They don't segregate. I mean, they're <laughs> snowboard <laughs> parks, but they go up on the same lifts, they ride the same slopes. Um, you know, and really the argument from the skier standpoint is uh, snowboarders thrash the snow. I mean, they really do mess up the slopes. Um, it's just a bigger board. They throw up a lot of powder. Um, so I, I get it from the skier standpoint, but I, I think it's kind of archaic, to be honest with you. It's a it's a thought from, you know, your favorite era, the 1980s. That's right. Um, Don't smash it. <laughs> it's too late. Just oh. found a uh, spider in my office. Uh-huh. Yeah. Usually my uh, my cat eats those, but uh, he, is, eat he has been, been banned. banned. From the recording studio. So, uh, I get lots of spiders in my basement office here with a window that's open most of the day. Uh, so, yeah. Um, that's kind of the argument. Um, they well, are appealing. The it's public land. Yeah, they're appealing right now in the 10th uh, U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. We'll see what happens. We'll see if uh, they're going to try and keep pushing this to the Supreme Court. It does have impact in terms of discrimination on public lands. There is some further reaching impact here. Uh, outside of just the issue of snowboarders versus skiers on a particular ski resort. Which, those of you who aren't familiar with Utah or other areas that have ski resorts, that is a big deal. Speaking of use of public lands and public money, um, we have, uh, where the Utah Jazz play basketball here in Utah is now the Vivint Smart Home Health Arena or some crap like that. I don't it know. It changes every week. Uh, but It's the Delta Center. Yeah, so <laughs> it's uh, the Energy Solutions Arena <laughs> or the ESA. Salt Palace. Uh, no, it's no, not. That's a completely different place. never been place. a Salt Palace. The Salt Palace is a totally different place. That's where the Jazz used to play. Yeah, but they don't play there anymore. They play in the Vivint. But do they play? Do they play? That's the uh, real question. They, they really get down to it. The Jazz aren't even from Utah. They, they originally came jazz. from New Orleans. So none of this stuff is ours. But... We digress. Uh, <laughs> I bring it up because uh, they are right now trying to get a huge public bond to do a bunch of renovations. It was like 2.6... One, 125000000 It's a really big yeah, it's, number. Yeah, it's a huge, huge number. Uh, over $100 million um, in a public bond, which, if you don't know what a public bond is, essentially it's taxpayers paying for them to renovate this stadium. Um, Tell us how you feel, Chris. I... Hate taxpayers paying for stadiums. I am an avid sports fan, not a big basketball fan. I'm a huge soccer fan, huge football fan. Um, but I think taxpayers paying for stadiums is a joke. You have to pay for tickets to get in, and they're not cheap. They're not cheap, especially for pro sports venues, which this is. Those venues aren't often used for much other than pro sporting events. Occasionally, you get concerts. Or like the Nitro Circus, for instance, is going to be there. Uh, mm-hmm. in the, no, in the this year they're actually going to be up at the um, stadium up at the U. So, yeah. So, but they they don't get a lot of use. They pretty much get sports use. And the thing is, in most cases, the stadium is being owned by whatever organization owns the sporting team. They're making all the money on that. Yeah. Right. And the argument is that the taxes that are brought in from the revenue they generate go back into the pool for the state. It never turns out that way. You have stadiums like in Seattle, the Seattle, uh, the Supersonics, the stadium they played in. They move out of Seattle. They tear down that stadium. Now Seattle's looking to get another pro basketball team. they got to build a new stadium. They're looking for public funds. You have the St. Louis Rams, who just got a stadium built in St. Louis. Now they're going to move to L.A. That stadium will sit unused in St. Louis. And the city's not even done paying for it. The taxpayers there are still paying for a stadium that's just going to essentially collect dust. Maybe get used a handful of times yeah. out of the year. handful of concerts. Yeah, five or six times out of the year most likely. Um, I hate it. 
I absolutely hate it. I think it's ridiculous that taxpayers pay for it. Um, I'm all for public use of, of, of taxpayer money, not when it comes to pro sports stadiums. It does not benefit. The taxpayers don't get a break on tickets. The prices stay the same regardless. It just doesn't make sense to me financially. It, it's the stupidest thing ever, and I will never vote for that kind of a public funds initiative. I concur. <laughs> <laughs> That's my rant on the Vivint Home Health Center Arena, the Jazz Stadium. A uh, couple other stories real quickly uh, in the state of Utah. Kids' health and Utah's overall health. Um, new study came out um, by the Maryland-based uh, Annie E. Casey Foundation. Just ranked Utah 27th in the country for children's health based on a 2014 data set. Uh, the year before, uh, based on 2013 data, we were ranked 7th. Yeah. That is a huge drop. There's a whole bunch of things that play into that. I can tell you one of them is probably our inability to get that Medicaid gap covered. I agree. Well, that, you know, one thing that people have to realize with Utah is we have one of the highest rates of children per capita. Yeah. Tons and tons of little kids. People hump like rabbits and produce <laughs> like they're going out of style. I mean, it's, it's like, you know... Not everyone is as crazy as the Duggars. They're not pumping out 19 babies, but it's not uncommon to see families of 7 to 9 in the state of Utah. It's very, very common. And when they're that big, it's oftentimes, you know, the, the responsibility of the state to help with the health care of those kids. They're just, they qualify for welfare and Medicaid. When you have seven kids, it's hard to make enough money to make up for that. Right. Well, on a, on a sad note going along with this article, they talk about how the suicide rate uh, has gone up. Yeah, and accounts at a, at accounts a scary for that. rate. Yeah. And we're talking 10 to 19. Yeah. 10 years old. Youths, 10 to 19, uh, the, it the more than doubled, doubled from 2008 to 2014. Yeah. A lot of that, unfortunately, is also the LGBT community. Yeah, it really and is. Bullying. Horrible, horrible bullying happens in this state. So uh, the good news is Utah does finally have a plan. Um, so keep in mind, these are 2014 numbers that this stuff's coming from. We are just now, in June of 2017, submitting a plan to the federal government for or tw of 2016, hopefully for implementation January of 2017. So we're going to have... A good two more years of crappy data of Utah kids being sick, not being able to get treated properly, um, you know, probably a bunch more idiots not immunizing their children in the state of Utah Which because for that some reason, a real that's thing. to be a thing. So uh, just really kind of despicable, if you ask me, from the state of Utah. Medicaid does not help anyone but kids. Yes, I know there's other people out there that it, it, it impacts but by and large, it is children that are impacted by not expanding the Medicaid gap. Uh, on a lighter note. <laughs> <laughs> on a lighter note. Let's talk death penalty. Sorry, you're getting a uh, you're getting a, a dose of Chris liberalism today. That's all right. That's all right. Um, I, I feel pretty strongly about some of these things. Uh, I'm also opposed to the death penalty, just so everyone knows and it's clear. Uh, you know, when I was younger, I thought the death penalty was a good idea. You know, if you killed someone, you should be killed. Um, an the, eye for an eye. Yeah, you know, an eye for an eye, exactly. We don't need these people in society. But the longer I read, you know, about cases where people were exonerated after they were executed uh, with DNA evidence, with new technology, with new evidence in cases, uh, and you read about the things that go on, especially in the South, uh, the kind of discriminatory practices that have happened over the years, it's just so hard for me to think that we should ever end another human life. What good does it do to kill someone? Um, you know, Utah, there's some, some movement now in the state of Utah to try and do away with the death penalty purely based on cost. So Utah, which is a, a fairly fiscally, fairly, it's an extremely fiscally conservative state, <laughs> right. um, looks at those sort of things. Well, you know, some, some of the numbers and facts that they're, that they're pointing out is with legal costs involved, it's an average of $1.66 million 
to get a, a prisoner to execution in the state of Utah. Twenty-five years and a twenty-five year time span. And it time absolutely span. has to be that long if you're going to do the death penalty. They are entitled to every single possible appeal that they can go through, and they're entitled to a good legal defense, um, even if they're admitted killers. Well, and one of the what the, the the example not to get into it too much, but the example that they give is somebody who. Uh, was seen committing the murder, so they knew that they were guilty, but they went through this entire legal process and it took 25 years and $1.66 million to get to that point. And, and, he still doesn't have an execution date. Yeah. So, and just, just to give you an idea, cost-wise, you know, difference, um, averaging nationally, it costs to defend uh, a case without a death penalty about three quarters of a million dollars, seven hundred forty thousand dollars or, or so over the course of the life of that case in the appeals process. Uh, on death row, obviously, uh, you're seeing closer to one point six million in the state of Utah. I think it's probably closer to like one point three or so uh, nationwide. Um, the cost to keep a prisoner on death row is about ninety thousand dollars more per year, just to house them on death row for the extra space, the extra guards, all that sort of stuff. Versus a, another regular old prisoner. So, and prison life is not fun. I should know. My brother's been in prison <laughs> a lot. He is a three-time convicted felon. He spent a lot of his life in prison. It's not a fun place to live. Uh, it is not what you see. <laughs> so... And on a side note, didn't Utah just bring back the firing squad? They did. Yes. Oh, my just God. Just recently. And yep. they killed someone with it. Yep. How? I mean, who thinks that they want to do that who's who's the guy that's like i'm gonna shoot and i know like they do the secretive thing the guy's got a blindfold all the guns but one have blanks in them but honestly like who in their right mind goes i want to kill this guy how is that not in cold blood he's not a war criminal it's not in a time of war not everyone has a moral compass pointing in the right direction this is true. I mean, maybe my moral compass isn't in the right direction either to some people. Uh, but I, I just have a hard time with that. What about video streaming in Utah? Video streaming. Do you remember when we were... I don't know when you moved to Utah, Chris. Um, but growing up, there were these awesome little buildings that would take movies and splice them and make them family-friendly <laughs> Clean flicks. Clean, Clean flicks. flicks. And now there is a company that is in, uh, for a uh, lesser term, uh, Deep Shit with uh, Disney and uh, a bunch of other film studios because they have been streaming movies, uh, one ahead of their release date. Um, essentially, they're charging. $20, and when that movie's returned, uh, they get all but a dollar back. And they are also cleaning them up for the families that don't want all the yuckies. Yeah, so this is a, a very Utah-specific problem. So, Clean Flicks wasn't that long ago. I'm, it think, feels like an eternity. I, it does feel like an eternity, but Clean Flicks... Surely that was maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, if that, oh, yeah it, was like, it was like no, it was like 2004, 2005, somewhere in there. Um, well, because back in back in two thousand four, two thousand five, people were still renting videos from a video store. Yeah. Well, and and they would go in and, and take their movie and have it edited and get a new copy. That's copyright infringement, and right. that and that's what the courts decided at the time. And now we have another company that goes, well, because we're streaming it, and then they still own it. Then, you know, it's not a big deal. It's not copyright infringement. I think where they're going to get in the most trouble is that they are streaming them early before release. Yeah. And that's really where I think Disney stepped in uh, with the Star was, Wars yeah. movie. Well, because <coughs> the thing is, once once a movie is released, let's be honest, you can get it anywhere. Once it's released, it's pretty easy to get a movie. You can get a movie anywhere before it's released, before it's in the theater. Well, you can, but but that's the well, argument. I don't suggest that, though. No, I mean, that is illegal. <laughs> Piracy's not good. And honestly, if you want to support a movie, go see it in the theater. Um, but yeah, it, I, I just don't understand how this company thinks that they're going to get away with it. They're, they're going to have their doors closed just like Clean Flicks did back in the day. Uh, and it's unfortunate, but uh, not really, because I think those companies <laughs> are horrible. 
If you don't, you don't have to watch the movie. If you don't agree with the 10 minutes of content that they edit out of the movie, don't watch it. The movie is a piece of artwork. Right. We often forget that now, but movies are an art form. It's right. out. It's years. Yeah. Years it's of years of people writing scripts, uh, a director's vision of where they want mm. the movie to be, actors acting in the movie. I mean, it reminds it is... me of Two Live Crew. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to be played out to Two Live Crew. <laughs> no, that is not. But back in the nineties, with their whole argument of. Of their music, they, they should be able to say what they want, sing what they want, etc., etc., without it being taken out. And it was ruled that, yes, you are correct, this is your art form, and if it's horrible, great, and people just don't have to listen to it. But it's the same concept of, this is the movie, this is how it was produced, this is how it was made. They had to go through the whole rating... Yeah, they went through a rating get it rated, and, and so... Yeah, so they're doing their due diligence to tell the public, hey, this is an R. Yeah, this did, is a, did you know they don't actually have to do that, right? Well, they don't. They don't. But typically, if they want to get played yeah. in any kind of a movie if theater. If you have a not rated, you're not getting played in a movie theater. No, unless, it goes straight to DVD. Yeah, unless you're an independent film, and then typically they'll, they'll right. get picked up by some of the independent theaters. Which, by the way, Utah's Broadway Theater and Tower Theater, absolutely amazing if you like to watch independent films, foreign films, documentaries. <laughs> That'll be another... Go support a local Utah business. They're, they're fantastic. I think that does it for this week's issue of uh, the new Utah podcast. I think we've uh, had a delightful rant tonight. Yeah, went rather long. <laughs> Josh is going to be I so apologize sad for my hot air, but, uh, you know, whatever. I'm going to go fill up a balloon with the rest. Well... A hot air balloon? <laughs> it's the 4th of July. It is. Oh, that's another thing. The Freedom Festival has the balloons. The balloon launch. Oh, and yeah. And it's so cool. Yeah. But they canceled it last year because it was too windy. So You know what it's, it's time for, though? For you guys to get the fuck out of my house! Wait, wait, wait. First, wait. we need to tell everyone to follow us on Facebook oh, and Twitter. Shit. Well, you can still get the fuck out of my house, and you guys can still follow us on Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> I even have a note to, to say that, and I totally missed it. Uh, so yeah, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, the New Utah Podcast, and I think it's at the New Utah Podcast. TNU as well. Podcast. TNU Podcast. Because you can't make it simple, Josh. We might be changing that. <laughs> <laughs> so have a good night. Have a good Fourth of July, and uh, Stay we'll talk to you in a week. Don't burn anything down. Yeah. Now get the fuck out of my house. Times I knew made you fall. After all the bad I had, you grew to love in me I was only there to break your heart But what's the deal with New York City? Can I make you happy where you are? I know from here the lights look pretty have to run away from me so far to forget about you now would take me way too long but the bottom of this bottle's where I'll start I don't spread my heart too thin with these apartment walls that cave in and I'm trying to find a way back to the stars